All right, you asked for it. You ready for part three? Here we are, here we are. Listen, if you're new here at OSC, we're in a series called You Asked For It. Uh, We started this a couple weeks back, and we surveyed all of you a little over a month ago and said, hey, if you could hear us preach a message, what would you want us to hear us preach? And uh, so you selected the top four. We started off with how do we deal with stress in week one? How many went home and took a nap on that one? All right, you're welcome. Um, By the way, you can go take a nap today too, if you want to. Uh, And then in week two was passed uh, last weekend with uh, Pastor Jacob. Come on, how how many of you got ministered to that one? Man. That was a powerful message talking about how do I forgive. And uh, so that was week two. And then today we're going to talk about how do I hear the voice of God. That was actually one of your biggest ones that you asked. And then actually the number two most requested, which we'll talk about next week, is how do I raise godly kids. And so we'll dive into a little bit of that uh, in Family Fun Day. And so uh, if you have your message notes, why don't you go ahead and get those out with me. Uh, by the way, if you love collecting notes, uh, we have some binders that are out there in the foyer free of charge. You can just take one. Uh, you'll hear people clicking their binders after I pray at the end. Um, but you'll hear them clicking their binders. And so if you love just collecting notes, that's a gift that we have uh, for you. Just So please go take, take a binder and, and grab one. But today we're talking about how to hear God's voice. And I love that question because it automatically makes an assumption that you and I can hear God's voice. And uh, there's some theologians and actually even some religions that that share that God doesn't speak anymore. That for 4,000 years, God spoke, and then he got laryngitis. And he just can't speak anymore. But I'm here to tell you today, that is not the truth. God speaks. He is a speaking God, and he is speaking today. He is speaking all the time. And uh, I think God wants to help you hear his voice. I think if we did a survey across the crowd here and said, how many of you pray... I think many of you would say, yeah, I pray. I tell God what I need. I tell God what I want. I tell God, thank you for my food. I tell, I think most of us in here, but I think if we did the same survey and said, how many of you hear God's voice? I think that number would probably be a lot less. And the truth is we can talk really well. Sometimes we just have a hard time listening. And so we're going to dive into that a little bit. Hey, let me read a a real quick quote from you um, from a guy named Dallas Willard. Um, who's way wiser than I am and shared a quote about how to hear God. And I think we got to start here because you've got to believe that God wants to speak to you first. We got to settle that one, that God wants to talk to you. And this is what Dallas Willard said. Dallas Willard said, if God doesn't speak today, then the greatest disservice we could ever do to people is to tell them that they could have a personal relationship with God. Think about that. If we stand up here and say, you can have a personal relationship with God. Oh, and by the way, he'll never talk to you. Come on, how many know that'd be a little weird? I'd be like, hey, you can get married. Your wife will never talk. And we're not going there. Anyway, I'm not even, I'm not even touching that one. And so <clears throat> let's, let's, let's go to the Bible. Let's go to John chapter 10 before I get myself into some trouble. John chapter 10 is where we're going to begin. And God actually describes our relationship um, with him like a shepherd to a sheep. And this is what it says in John chapter 10, talking about God speaking to us. It says, the gatekeeper, verse 3, says, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his, what? Listen to his, his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name. I love that. He calls you by name. Calls his sheep by name, and he leads them out. And I love this. And when he has brought out all of his own, he goes ahead of them. 
So God goes before us. Hey, by the way, God's not worried about tomorrow. I just want to let you know. Because you know why? He's already in it. So it's amazing how you can trust a God who's already in the day that you're worried about. So it says he goes out before us and he goes ahead of us. And then his sheep, now watch this, they follow him. And now here's why they follow him. They follow him because they know what? They know his voice. They know his voice. And so uh, that's the desire. That's the prayer today is is for you to hear his voice. I'm going to try to help you hear his voice. Honestly, we could spend weeks and weeks on this topic. Um, There's so many uh, facets of hearing God's voice, but we don't have that much time. So I'm going to try to do it in 30 minutes. All right. (laughs) Um, This is what I need you to do. I need you to stand up. Stand up right there. Or you can put your notes, you know, back in your chair, whatever. I need you to stand up. Okay. We're going to do a little test here. All right. Um, and here's the test. In just a minute, our production booth is about to emit a sound. Okay. If you hear this sound, I want you to sit down. If you do not hear the sound, I want you to stay standing. And if someone's sitting down and you sit down because somebody else sit down, I'll call you out. Don't do that. Okay. <laughs> Only sit down if you hear the sound. If you don't hear it, stay standing. Okay, everybody got it? Got the instructions? Okay, guys, go ahead and emit the sounds. All right. You wanted to. I want to sit. No. All right. So here is, so for everybody that's still standing, here's the reason why you didn't hear it. You're old. Uh, (laughs) You can go ahead and be seated now. I have just now offended 15 people in the church. (laughs) It's actually the truth, though. Um, So, yeah, you can go ahead and sit down. And so, um, so that was a (laughs) 17.4. That was funny. I set you up. 17.4 kilohertz. Uh, That wave sound wave came out. Many of you heard it. Many of you, some of you did not hear it. Um, it's actually called the mosquito sound, by the way. Maybe you've heard this or not. Uh, the mosquito sound, they say that if you are 30 and above, actually, you should not be able to hear the sound. So if you're 30 and over and you heard the sound, give yourself some props. So 17.4 is supposedly a frequency that really only 30 and under can hear. If you're older, then, then you, did a, you did a good job. They, they actually, this is a true story. You can go and look it up. So in England, there was this very posh clothing district, really, really nice, really upscale clothing district. And uh, they were having, the owners were having problems because teenagers wanted to hang out at this clothing district all the time, just skateboarding and hanging out and all this stuff. So they called a security firm and I got the guy's name. His name was Howard Stapleton with a Scottish security firm. And he created the Mosquito Teen Repellent. Codename Buzz Off. And it was this 17.4, and they set it up with speakers outside of their stores, and they blasted this. And those that were older than 30 couldn't hear it, so they shopped fine. And those that were younger than 30 couldn't stand it and ran away. This is a true story. Now, teenagers have actually flipped this around and used it to their advantage now because now there's actually mosquito ringtones. And so they bring their phones to school, and when their phone rings, their teacher can't hear it, but they can. This is a true story. Go look it up. Go look it up. 
So uh, you just pray that you don't have any of these teachers that are over the 30 that can hear that. Hey, what is that? Whose phone is going off? Okay, so why did I have you do that? So a couple reasons. First off, um, there was a sound that was emitted. Many people heard it and many people sat down. But a number of you did not hear it and you did not sit down. But here's the truth. There was still a sound. Just because you didn't hear it doesn't mean the sound wasn't there. It was still there. The other thing is, and I think this is a beautiful metaphor, as we get older in life, we lose our hearing. We just, uh, it just happens. And spiritually, as you get older in life, if you don't fine-tune it, you can also lose hearing God's voice as well. We have got to tune in to hear God. And so today, I want to help you First off, with identifying reasons that we're not hearing God. We're going to talk about three big reasons why I think we don't hear God. And then we're going to dive into how we can actually hear God. I'm going to give you some some real practical stuff to help you. So let's dive right in real quick to reasons why we don't hear God. If you got your message notes, I want you to write this first one down. And that is this. We aren't listening. The reason why we can't hear him speaking, and God is speaking, he's always speaking, is that we're not listening. We aren't listening. And I'm going to give you two reasons why I think we aren't listening. Um, here's your first one. And this isn't in your notes. You can just add this as an extra bonus is we're too busy. We're too busy. We, we actually dealt with this in week one when we talked about stress, talked about being overloaded, talked about just having a lot in our schedules. We've got very busy schedules, very busy lives. We're always moving, always going, always always doing stuff. We're very distracted. We're very busy. And I think in our busyness, we miss hearing God's voice. And it actually happens in scripture. We see it. So why don't you go with me to uh, Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10 is uh, a story. Uh, many of you, if you've been in church for a while, probably know a little bit of this story, but I want you to, to see this idea of being too busy. So this is what it says. It says, and she had a sister named Mary who seated herself at the Lord's feet. And what was she doing? She was listening to his teachings. Okay. And here we go. And then we got another sister, the one who's like, we got stuff to do. I mean, Jesus is here. Let's get this house in order. Let's light a candle. Let's make some stuff happen. We got food to cook. And Martha though, look at this overly occupied and what? Too busy and distracted with much serving too busy and distracted with much serving. So you have Mary over here sitting at Jesus' feet, listening to Jesus, can hear Jesus, whereas Martha's over here busy, overactive, doing a lot, and just is missing hearing Jesus because she's too busy and too distracted. How many um, husbands do I have in the house? How many husbands? Okay, I just want to see who's going to relate with me. Okay. Um, How many husbands in here have ever had a chance or had a time when um, you were watching a game or you were busy doing something of great importance and your wife was talking to you and then she grabs your attention with a comment like this. Were you listening to me? I mean, I hear has ever heard that. Okay. All right. Good. I got a couple lone rangers in here that are, worth. are you listening to me? How many know husbands at that moment you have a responsibility to either be truthful or to try to make up what you think you heard <laughs> by the, the, the little fragments of words that you heard. Like, kids, yeah, we need, a, we need more, less of those. School, we need to deal with that and work. It's crazy. I know. I'm tired. You want to go to bed? 
Okay, like, just try, trying to make stuff up. And how many know if you, if any wives in here, any wives, any of y'all said that to your husbands before? Are you listening to me? It's usually more like that. Okay, all right. Um, and then how many wives in here, if you're maybe like my wife, and you've been saying something a number of times, and it seems like your so loved one who absolutely loves you but seems to not be paying attention to you, how many of you would say at that point you stop talking? I'll, I'll say, Lindsay, oh, oh, what? You said, just tell me one more time, what'd you, what'd you say? And she's like, ah, I ain't saying You weren't listening? I ain't saying it. Any wives in here? Okay, yeah. Okay, if you don't love me and listen to me, then I ain't even repeating it for you. <laughs> Babe, please. I usually go, okay, all right. <laughs> uh, but here's, that is the truth, though. When you are not listening, the person who's talking, eventually, if you're not listening, they stop talking. And I think a lot in our lives, when it comes to hearing God's voice, is God is speaking, God is speaking, God is speaking, but we just are so distracted with other things that we just don't hear Him. I'd say even the other side of it, though, is, is that a lot of times we can't hear God because we're always talking. Like, we won't shut up. I don't know if you have a friend, maybe, family member, wife, husband, somebody, who, when they call you, as soon as you pick up, they just go. Hey, hello. And you're like, <gasps> you're trying to get words in. You're trying to say something, but you just can't get in. You can't get a word in. And then by the time they're like, I just feel so much better. Thank you. And they hang up the phone. I didn't even get to say anything. Okay. That oftentimes we can't hear God because our prayers are often us just talking, 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 talking. And then we go, thank God. And then we jet out to go do our day. And God's like, I wanted to say something, but we didn't even give God opportunity, the environment. And I'm going to tell you this. If you're too busy in your life and you don't plan times to hear God, you probably won't hear God. You've got to make time for God. Because if you don't make time for God, other people will make your time for you. You've got to plan this. So here, that's the number one of, of why I think we're not listening. We're too busy. Let me give you the second one. It's too loud. Our life is too loud. So last weekend I had the opportunity to take all my boys to their first LSU game. Luke came with us and a couple of guys in the church. We went to our first. Uh, it wasn't my first LSU game, but it was their first LSU game. Uh, how have you been to an LSU game? Anybody in here? Yeah, it's awesome. It's an awesome experience to go and be a part of. Um, how many of you know that if you want to go on a really nice romantic date where you want to have a conversation, you don't go to Tiger Stadium? I mean, I'm sitting, I'm sitting, my boys are sitting right here. I'm trying to talk to my boys and I can't, they, we can't even hear each other. I mean, I got strangers on the, on the side of me trying to high five me with stuff. I'm like, what? don't touch me. I'm over here having a, trying to have a conversation with my son. You liking the game? What dad? What'd you say? I said, are you having fun? No, I don't need a bun. Okay. I was, I said, no. So, uh, that, <laughs> it is loud. It is loud in there. But here's the crazy part. If you were to take all those people out of there and it was just you and one other person, another person could be on the whole other side of the stadium and talk at a normal level and you'd be able to hear it. But if it's loud right next to them, you can't even hear it. Let me tell you one of the biggest things I think is probably the loudest voice in our lives. Somebody is this. This is really loud. 
And I'm not talking about like people who have the volume up really loud. I'm not talking about just all the phone calls you get. I'm talking about the fact that there's so many things now with the apps that you make where you get notified a hundred times a day. Fox News and sports and Facebook and Instagram and likes and comments. And how many know this thing just goes off and off and off and off and off and off? It is loud, loud, loud. I read a statistic actually that was so alarming the other day that said kids between the ages of 8 and 18 will spend an average of seven hours a day on some type of electronic device. Seven hours a day. That's 49 hours a, day, uh, a week in front of a TV, in front of an iPad, in front of an iPod, in some form, seven hours. How many of you know this stuff is loud? And I think if we were all really honest, it's loud in our lives too. I, 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 I want to challenge you this week that before you say good morning America, you say good morning God. Yeah. That before we turn on the, the TV, before we... How many know when the first thing you get into your car, what do you do? Most of the point, most of the time. What? Turn on the radio, right? It's the first thing. Why? Because for us, silence is actually really, really hard. Um, when I go and take our boys, like, away, and Lindsay, we have three boys, and I take them away, and we go somewhere, and I'll call Lindsay and go, Hey, how's it going? How you doing? You know, what, what are you doing? She's, she's like, Nothing. I'm doing nothing at home. I say, well, how's it going? She said, my ears are ringing. Because it's so loud in our house all the time. Like when that's not there, it's like, Mee! it was like that mosquito. We don't, we don't like quiet. It's hard for us to be around quiet. A lot of times because we've got to deal with our own thoughts when it's quiet. But actually, Jesus speaks sometimes in the most quiet moments. Let me show you. So um, go to 1 Kings 19. Let's look at that scripture real quick. The prophet Elijah is in probably the, the darkest place of his life. He's in a cave. He's hiding for his life. And uh, how many know prophets hear God? I mean, they're pretty good at hearing God. And, uh, and he's kind of running from all of his problems. And he's in a cave and God finds him. And God, God calls to Elijah and says, hey, Elijah, where are you? Which, hey, by the way, anytime God asks you, where are you? It's not because he doesn't know where you are. Okay, he's pretty good at hide and go seek. Yeah, he's pretty good. Where are you? I don't know where you're at. You're right there. Okay. So, um, so he calls Elijah and says, Hey, where are you? And, uh, Elijah says, I'm here. I'm in a cave. And he shares this story about running for his life. And he says, Hey, I want you to come outside of the cave. I want to show you something. So this is where we catch up in the story. First Kings 19, 11. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. And it was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose. But watch this. But the Lord was not in the wind. And then after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And then after the earthquake, there was fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. So I want you to imagine this. So there's wind, crazy wind, storm, rocks falling over him. It's loud and everything. And he's looking for God. God, is this you? Nope, he's not in there. Earthquake comes, shakes everything. God, is this you? Nope, it's not you. Fire falls down from heaven and goes, that's got to be God. And he goes, nope, that's not me either. And then look at the next verse. And it says, and after the fire, there was a sound of a what? Of a gentle whisper. Hey, listen to me very closely. God is not going to yell above all the other voices. He's not going to yell above all the other voices. And in order for you to hear somebody whisper, because God often whispers. I mean, you know, you got to get real close. Yeah. Hey, I got something to tell you. Come here. It's 
And God whispers into our hearts. But we got to get close. Got to get near them. So let me give you something to write down. This is not in your notes, but I'm going to just give you a little something maybe to chew on. And that is to hear God's voice, you got to turn down the world's volume. To hear God's voice, you got to turn down the world's volume. You can't be full blast in the world's volume and all the stuff that's coming, plaguing your mind, news and social media and people talking. Sometimes you just got to silence all that stuff so you can hear God. It's amazing when you turn the world down, God's voice turns up. It's like a, that goes up, it's like a counterbalance. And here's the other thing. The more quiet you are, the more you hear. I mean, that's just in life. The more quiet you are, the more you can hear. Anybody in here have kids? You try to tell your kids like something to do and the other kids are like crazy and you're like, everybody be quiet. Okay, this is what I need you to do. You got to silence all the other stuff so you can talk to the one that you need. And that's what we need to do in our lives is we've got to silence some of this loud stuff. Some of you are hearing voices from everywhere. Some of you are hearing your own voices. We'll talk about that later on. But that's an area where you've got to silence. You've got to turn it down. Okay. So we, are, we aren't listening. All right. Let me give you the second one here. Um, second reason why we don't hear God, we aren't prepared. We aren't prepared. I want you to imagine today that you came here to church and um, the doors were locked. I know. It'd be kind of, kind of crazy. Or imagine you came here and you walked in. You, you went to go and check in your kids and no one's there to check in your kids. And you're like, oh, well, I'll just go bring my kids over there. Then you go to go bring your kids to the OSC Kids Building and there's like one person for all these kids. And you're like, just drop them off maybe, hopefully. And then you come in here and then the worship team doesn't really know what they're doing. And they're just kind of fiddling around. And then I get up and I go, okay, guys, listen, we're going to get into the Word of God. I don't know what I'm preaching. But let's just, let's, just, let's just figure this thing out. We'll go figure out something. I mean, no, that would make for a pretty terrible Sunday. It would make for a terrible Sunday. The truth is, is that we prepare a lot for you, actually. We spend a lot of hours. I spend a lot of hours preparing messages. Our team spends a lot of hours preparing uh, their hearts to lead you in worship. Our teams get here real early to make sure that when you come, that they're ready for you. Come on, how many thankful for our parkers are out there waving you in as you, as you yell at them, don't put me in that spot. <laughs> right here, right here. Don't put me there, right there. You don't want anybody telling you what to do. And so thank God for those guys. But I want you to hear me on this, and and, and you need to listen very closely. Just as much as our team prepares during the week for you to to share God's word with you, to create an atmosphere for you to experience the presence of God, do you know that you have a responsibility to come prepared? Just as much as I have a responsibility to be prepared for you, you have a responsibility to come prepared to hear from God. Let me show you. Matthew 13, 19. This is in the message translation says when anyone hears news of the kingdom and doesn't take it in. So when you hear the good news, when you hear the gospel preached, when you hear the word of God, when you hear that and you don't take it to heart, you don't take it in. Look what happens. It just remains on the what just remains on the surface. And so the evil one comes along and he plucks it right out of that person's what? Uh, right out of that person's heart. So I want you to imagine here, I have a handful of seeds. And if I was to take these hands full of seeds and just go, yo, and just throw them all over the stage. How I many you know next week when you come back, there would just be a handful of seeds all over our stage. But if I was to take those same seeds and I was to go outside 
where all of our grass is tilled up and I'll say, throw those seeds on there and you come back in a week, you might actually see some sprouting that's happening. Why? The difference is because this one was unprepared. That one was prepared. The issue oftentimes is not with the seed. It's with the heart. I know you don't like hearing that because you want to blame it on me that my preaching's bad, but it might just be that you're not prepared. How is it that when you come to a service on the same row, one person can go, God, man, he was speaking to me. Man, that was hitting me hard. And the other person was like, is I? <laughs> How is that? How is that? You know why? One person came and goes, God, speak to me. And the other person goes, what time is lunch? All right. yeah. I'm telling you, I'm very serious in here. Some of you are getting as much as God as you want. And then you get mad because you're not getting as much as you think you should. But the truth is because you don't come prepared. I'm going to tell you what our, 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 our um, process is when we come to church. My son now comes to church with me. He's serving now in OSC Kids. And when we come, the first thing we do, we jump in my truck and we put on worship music all the way coming here just to prepare our hearts. And then we turn off the worship music and then we pray. We pray for, I pray over my son. I pray that God would speak to him, that God would prepare his heart. And then we both pray for you. We pray that God would speak to you and that God would bring people from all over the area and that people would come and meet Jesus because we pray that God would prepare you as you come into this place because I want to make sure that we're prepared for you. The question is, are you prepared for me? Are you prepared for him? What would it look like if you spent the first three minutes before you showed up on this property, you turned the radio off and said, all right, family, listen, we're going to pray. We're just going to ask God that he shows up and that he speaks to us. We're going to ask God that he shows up in our lives. We're going to ask that we hear him. What would it do? I want to challenge you to try that. Before you come to church next time, prepare your heart. Prepare your heart. How many know just getting here on Sundays can sometimes just be a challenge in and of itself? You almost killed two of your kids. Your husband doesn't even want to look at you because you give him the stank face. Um, How many know that that's happened? And and, And anybody that sings, it's easy like a Sunday morning does not get ready for church. It is not easy like a Sunday morning. And I give it up to my wife and to Miss Tracy because they get their kids ready without their husbands. Uh, and so I, listen, I know it's difficult to get here. But what if we were just to prepare our hearts? Let's see what that would do. How many up for a challenge? Let's try it. All right, let's try it. Prepare your hearts. All right, here's the last one. And this is the most hard-hitting one. If all the other ones weren't hard-hitting enough, this is the last one. And I honestly think this is probably the primary reason why most of us don't hear God is we're just not willing to obey. You know why we don't want to ask to hear God? Because we know what he's going to say. <laughs> most of the time, we don't want to hear God because we already know what he wants us to do. We just don't want to do it. And so we don't want to ask God to hear his voice because what he's going to ask me to do, I really don't want to do. So like last week, Pastor Jacob's like, you need to forgive somebody. You're like, I picked the wrong Sunday to come to church. The wrong one. And yet the Holy Spirit's inside of you going, you need to do this. You need to do this. And you're like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. Let me uh, show you a verse. Psalms 32 verse 8 says this, it says, I know this is what God says. This is what God says he'll do for you. If you'll listen to him, this is what he'll do. He says, I will instruct you and I will teach you 
in the way that you should go. How many got some decisions you've got to make soon? How many in here got some stuff with your finances? You've got to make some decisions. How, many, how about your parenting? How many need some help in your parenting? How many need some help on your job? How many need, how many, okay, most of y'all don't need any help. Just pray for me, please. All the, all the perfect people in here, please stand up. Okay, thank you for not standing. Yes, yeah, sit down. <laughs> he says this. He says, I will instruct you. I will teach you the way that you should go. This is his promise. And he says, and I will counsel you and have my loving eye on you. Here's the truth, though. Okay, let's put the truth out. We don't need his instruction. And I don't feel like I need him teaching me. And I don't feel like I I need his counsel because I feel like I know it all. I know nobody in here would say that. We just live it. We just live it. This is probably the number one reason why most of us don't hear God is because we think we got it going on. God, I got this figured out. I can handle this. And so this, I'll instruct you, I'll teach you, I'll counsel you. None of this ever happens because we don't ever hear God. But how many know you finally get to a point where you realize you're really not the smartest person in town? And then you finally come to church and you're like, oh, I really do need Jesus. And then he starts teaching you and then he tells you a different way. And you're like, why didn't I do this the last 15 years of my life? Anybody in here like that? Why did it take me so long to get to this place where I submitted to what he wanted to do because now I have more joy than I've ever had in my life, but I wanted to do it my own way thinking that I was going to be free, but I ended up being more bound than ever. This is what it means when we say that, God, I want to hear from you, not just so that um, you'll talk to me because I want to do what you have to do. Here's the process and how it works. Let me show you how our process normally works. God speaks. Step number two, we ask God why he told us what he wanted us to do. And then step three is we decide if we want to obey it. That's our process. So God speaks. We go, God, why? What? Who? When? Where? And then we come over here on this side and we go, okay, no, I don't want to do that. That's not the kingdom way, by the way. Let me tell you the kingdom way. The kingdom way is, God, no matter what you say, I'll obey. Okay, now what do you have to say? So we go to this one. God tells us to do something. And then we come to this one and God says, okay, I may tell you why. Maybe. How many God has spoken to you something and he never still has not told you why? And you're like, that was crazy. I don't know why I did that. There's some things in our lives that God tells you to do. And he may never tell you the reason why he told you to do it. But it is not our determining factor on if we want to obey it or not. We have got to determine beforehand, God, whatever you say, I'll obey. Everybody say that with me. God, whatever you say, I'll obey. Whatever you say, I'll obey. Maybe that can be a part of your preparation prayer when you come to church on Sunday. God, whatever you say today, I'm going to obey. Whatever it is. And then watch how God's volume gets turned up in your life. Because we want to obey what he has to say. So obedience has to come beforehand. Okay, so let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 3 now. So let's get practical. Now we found out kind of some reasons why we're not hearing God. And you know what those are. Um, There's many more than those three. I just think those three are probably some of the big ones. Um, But now let's talk about how do we actually hear God. So 1 Samuel chapter 3 is uh, is an incredible passage. We're going to read a little bit and then we're going to extract our last little bit. So 1 Samuel 3 says this, The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days the word of the Lord was rare and there were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying in his usual place. And now watch this. It says, and the lamp of God, I want you to, I know that should be underlined, kind of circle that. The lamp of God 
had not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying down. I want you to underline or circle this. In the house of the Lord. In the house of the Lord. Where the ark of God. I like that one. In the ark of God was. So the lamp of God. The house of God. The ark of God. And the Lord called to Samuel. And Samuel answered, here I am. And he ran to Eli. That's going to be a big point in just a minute as well. And he said... So he comes to Eli and he goes, here I am. You called me. And Eli goes, uh, no, that wasn't me. I didn't call you. Go to sleep. (laughs) All right. So he goes back the next verse and it says, so he went and he laid down and again, the Lord called Samuel and he got up and he went to Eli and he said, Hey, you called me. Samuel's like, bro, listen, no, I did not call you. Go to bed. Now, Samuel did not yet know that the Lord, the word of the Lord, had not yet been revealed to him. So he says a third time. So the third time the Lord called Samuel. Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, hey, hey, I'm kind of tired of this as much as you are, but can you please stop calling my name? And Eli says, I'm not calling your name. I don't know about y'all. I get a little frustrated by this point. But then it says, then Eli realized that the Lord was actually calling the boy. And so Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, everybody say this with me. Speak, Lord, for your... Okay, that's my prayer today, okay? Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Now watch the next verse. So Samuel went and he laid down in his place. And the Lord came and stood there calling us as at the other times. So now it's the fourth time. Samuel, Samuel. And then Samuel said, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. This is when God calls Samuel. Um, If we look at this verse, we're going to find four ways that God speaks to us. And I want you to to take these notes, okay? So here's our first one. God speaks to us through his word. The very first way that God speaks to us is he speaks to us through his word. It says that Samuel was laying by the lamp. Now, the lamp in Scripture, everywhere you see lamp, is a reference to the Word of God. That the Word of God is a lamp. We'll look at that in just a minute. But I'm going to tell you right now, if you want to hear God's voice, you've got to get in God's Word. If you want to hear God's voice, you've got to get in God's Word. And if you don't read the Bible, you won't know His voice. This is how He speaks to us. Let me show you. Psalms 119, 105 says, Your word is a what? Is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. It's a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Meaning that we go to God's word and say, God, what are you trying to say to me? Speak to me. And let me tell you this. God's voice will never disagree with God's word. So God will never tell you to do something that contradicts what he said in this. He doesn't contradict himself. He wrote this, and he's never going to tell you to do something that's contrary to this. So anybody that comes to me and says something, I feel like God wants me to do whatever, and it's contrary to this, you did not hear God. You heard yourself, or you heard somebody else, or you heard popular, uh, you know, a soap opera or whatever. You heard it from somewhere else. But here's the truth that I'm learning more than anything right now. Everybody has an opinion these days. Y'all know that? Everybody has an opinion these days. But there is a difference between opinion and truth, by the way. Do you know that? Listen to me. 
We don't build this church and we don't build our lives off of what our opinions are. We build it off of the truth. And can I tell you right now, there is a lot of people out there that are confused with so many areas of their life because they're listening to people's opinions and not to God's truth. This is the only thing that has stood the test of time. And it is truth. And here's the truth about the truth. It is the truth whether you think it's the truth or not the truth. It's still the truth. Just because you don't think it's the truth doesn't make it not truth. I just blew everybody's mind right there. Okay, this is... Listen, this is the truth of God's word. You and I need to build our life on it. Now you say, well, man, I, the, the Bible's confusing. I, I don't know how to read it. I don't, I, man, I've, I've, never, I've never been taught how to read it. I'm glad you said those things. So this past first Wednesday, uh, we did a message on... that was called Built on the Word. And I spent about 50 minutes just unpacking how to read your Bible and how to make it real simple. You can go back on our podcast at oscconnect.com and listen to that. And I give very, very practical ways on how to read the Bible in a way that you can understand it. Um, I would encourage you to go and read it. We talked about the first 15 at that thing. How many remember the first 15? So the first 15, for those that were not there, we talked about that every day. What would it look like if every day we spent five minutes in prayer, five minutes in God's word, and five minutes listening to worship music to soothe our soul, to speak to us 15 minutes Every single day. And I'm telling you right now, what you devote your first to has the power in your life. Give the first part of your day to God. And I promise you, God's going to give the first part of his life to you. So we hear God through his word. You got to get in his book. Here's the second way. We hear God through his spirit. We hear him through his spirit. It says that, that Samuel was by the ark. Now the ark was where the manifest presence of God was. Now, we know that now, not in the Old Testament, but we're now, we're now in the New Testament, the New Covenant. God doesn't dwell in a box anymore. Y'all know that, right? God's not in a box. Y'all know where he lives now? In you and in me. That when we get born again, the Bible says that God comes, gives us a new life. And his life that was in Jesus is now in you and I. And so that's why we talk about the church is not a building, it's a people. Because the spirit of God no longer dwells in temples. It no longer dwells in a box, it dwells in you. And so everywhere you go, you bring Jesus with you. And so, I, you know, at my church, they used to clap for that. I think that's what I just that's no, all right. I'll go preaching, Crowley. Um, <laughs> through his spirit, it says this. Watch. I, I want you to read this verse. Look, it says in Acts chapter 16. Because oftentimes when we think of like the spirit of God, you think of like kooky, like, the spirit of God is here. It's not like that. Okay. Just want to let you know. It usually honestly is just something on the inside of you that God just, it's like a burden. It's like something that's just... It won't ever go away. And watch what this says in Acts 16. It happened to Paul. It says, And when Paul or when they had come up to Mycenae, they attempted to go into Bithynia. Now watch this. So they're about to go preach into another city, and the Spirit of Jesus does not allow them to. So they're about to go into a whole other city and preach the gospel, and, and the Spirit of God inside of them says, Ah, don't go in there. Don't go in there. Any of you ever had that prompting before? Like you're about to make that phone call. You're about to say that word. You're about to post that post. And it's like, ah, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. That's the spirit of God that's on the inside of you that rises up on the inside of you and says, hey, no, go, yes. 
You know, right now, uh, our church has adopted all of the schools in uh, Jeff Davis Parish. We're in Lake Arthur and Hathaway and Jennings. You know where it all started, though? One day, I was driving by Jennings Elementary. My kids don't even go to Jennings Elementary. But I was driving by Jennings Elementary, and God told me this. I just felt it in my spirit. Go walk inside those doors and ask them how the church can help. I said, what? Go walk inside those doors and ask how the church can help. I'd like to say that I obeyed the first time it told me to do that, but I did not. It took me a number of weeks, and eventually I finally, it was just something that kept stirring up inside of me. And so I walked inside the doors, and I said, can I speak to the principal? At that time, it was Dr. Coleman. And, uh, and I walked in, I said, hey, my name is Pastor Josh. I go to our safest church here in Jennings. Um, we are so thankful for all that you do. Um, God told me to ask if there's anything we can help with. And he said, are you serious? I said, yeah. He said, man, we were just talking about how, and then he began to list all the stuff of the things that they needed in their school that nobody's been able to do. And I said, well, let me go pray about it and see if we're going to know. <laughs> God already told me we're supposed to help here. And, uh, and so from that moment on, God opened that door there and then opened a door in the other schools and then opened the door in another school. And now um, our superintendent here will call up here at the church and just ask for our church to go do stuff that all came out of just going, hey, go in there and see what you can do. And that's, I'm going to just, I don't, I say that story because I just want you to see how simple it is. Actually, here's, here's even a crazier story. Some of you here today that might be here for the first time, you know why you're here? Because probably somebody, whether it was a family or a friend or somebody, God put you on their heart and, they, and, and, and something told them, hey, send them a text or call them or, hey, just invite them to come to church. And then they made an invite to you and then you said, yeah, I'll go. And they're like, seriously, you'll go with me? Yeah, I'll go. Thank you, God. That's awesome. Okay, all right. And you're here today. We see this happen every week because somebody had a burden for you and just put it out there and said, hey, would you, would you be up for coming and sitting with me? That's the Spirit of God. God speaks through the Spirit of God. Anytime God, let me tell you something. Anytime God puts somebody on your heart, you better do something about it. Text them, call them, contact them in some way. I can't tell you how many times I've had opportunities where God's put somebody on my heart and I've texted them, whether it's a scripture or I just, hey, how are you doing? I'm thinking about you. And they just call and say, man, you don't know. You called me just at the right time. This is what the Spirit of God does. Here's number three. And we'll wrap all this up. God speaks through his word. He speaks through his spirit. He speaks through people. He speaks through people. So notice something. I, I noticed this in reading this, in this, uh, this story. Do you notice that Samuel, when he heard the voice of God, that the voice of God, you, you know who it sounded a lot like? His pastor. You notice that? When he heard Samuel, he thought, that's Eli. Eli's calling me. And he runs to Eli and says, hey, I heard you. You calling me? And Sammy says, no, that's, or Eli says, no, no, that's not me. How many of you have been doing something and there's something that's inside of you that sounds like a, uh, a little Cajun man that, that tells you, hey, God loves you. And you just hear that in the back of your voice. How many of you know sometimes your pastor speaks to you all throughout the week? God's speaking through him. God is speaking to you through people around you. Maybe you're at a life group and somebody says something. And you're like, man, that was for me. Man, that was for me. 
How many of you have ever had somebody just say something to you? Maybe sometimes even strangers have said something to you. You're like, God, you were just trying to get my attention. You were just trying. How many of you have had strangers tell you? How many of you have had people that don't even love Jesus rebuke you? And you're like, Jesus, you just rebuked me through somebody who doesn't even love you. That boss. God does that. He uses people. Samuel didn't, didn't, he couldn't understand the voice of God. So what does he do? He runs to his pastor and his pastor says, hey, you need to go. That's the voice of God. That's the voice of God. You need people in your life. That's why we talk about next step. And that's why we talk about being in life groups so much because you need to be around people who can say, no, man, that is the voice of God. Man, stay on that. Or maybe, no, that's not the voice of God. But we do it through people. And last one is God speaks through his church. God speaks through his church. Through his church. Samuel heard from God because he was in the house of God. He was in the house of God. Listen, I don't know about you, and I don't know what your background is when it comes to church. Most people, when they think of church, they think of a boring place that doesn't relate to my life, and it's just a waste of time. And that is the last thing we want here at OSC. We say it all the time, but it's not a place you go to. It's a family you belong to, because I believe it's the family of God that challenges you, speak to you. And can I give you one just big challenge here? Give me just two or three months. Get connected here. Go through next step. Get in a life group. Give me three months. That's it. I'll give you a three-month challenge. Get connected in this church and watch how God speaks to you. Watch. Challenge. I, I, challenge, I double dog dare you. Okay, you can't. You know you can't break that one. That's, that's like the. I, I challenge you. Some of you here are dating God. You only see him on the weekends. Don't date God. Go all in. Get in his church. Get in next step. Get in life groups. Because you got something to give. Listen, I don't want something from you. I want something for you. I want you to hear God. I want you to have great relationships. I want that for you. Hey, listen. Everything that was great in my life happened in church. I got saved in church. I got baptized in church. I got called in the ministry in church. I came to Louisiana because of a church. I came to our our Savior's church in Jennings because I was serving in a church. I met my wife in a church. So all you single people in here, if you're single, raise your hand. Yeah, just look around. Maybe that might be somebody's next husband or wife. And now I'm the pastor of a church. Every great thing that I've had in my life has come out of a church. And I think if you probably were honest, a lot of the things in your good life have come probably from a church. And I'll say even this, a lot of bad things in your life came because you weren't in one. So get in one. Don't get in one because I'm telling you, get in one because the Holy Spirit's calling you to get plugged into one. Because I'm going to tell you, I want this for you so bad. You will flourish. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish. That sounds scriptural. It's because it is. Get in the church. Get in the church. Get in the church. Hey, bow your heads right there where you are. Eyes closed, hearts open. You know what? God speaks. He's always speaking. He's speaking to you. He's been speaking to you. And I believe today's a a defining moment for many of you. The truth of of the matter, though, is, is that 
we're having a hard time hearing God because of one big roadblock. And that is, we just didn't think we really needed him. But I think if you're honest, the Holy Spirit has been drawing you. He's been wooing you. The fact that you're in church today, maybe if you're even honest, go, I'd never even thought I'd be in a church. And the fact that you're here today is just the fact that God's been speaking. And today, I, I believe that God wants you to surrender. That's what salvation really honestly is. It's surrender. God, not my way anymore. Not, not what I want to do, what you want to do. If you're here today and you've never made a declaration today of surrender, of God, I, I need you, I want you. The Bible says it's, it's, it's being born again, meaning that you literally on the inside, the spirit man inside of you is made new, comes alive. Now, if you've already raised your hand before, don't, you don't have to keep raising your hand. You're good. But for those in here today that say, you know what, Pastor Josh, pray with me. Today, I want to I become new and I want to surrender. I want to give it all. I want to hear his voice. But I want to give him my life today. If that's you, all across this room, you say, Pastor Josh, pray for me. Would you just raise your hand so I can just see you? Man, hands going up all over the place. Two over here, three over here, right here in the middle. Three over here, four over here on the left side. Over there, I see you. You can put your hand down right there where you are. Thank you so much. Thank you for your honesty. Come on, church. Can we just pray this together? Say, dear Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross and paying for my sins. Today, I acknowledge my need for you. I surrender my life. I give it all to you. Today, be my Lord and be my Savior. I'll live for you from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, church. Can we celebrate all those who raised their hand today?